0: Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, and I feel like Joe Biden in the 2020 election uh, debates where that fly flew on his head. Do you remember that? (laughs) And it was like sitting on his forehead. (laughs) It was all weird. So awkward. A fly keeps flying, like it flew on my hand just now. What the hell? I'm in my basement and there's a fly. Where did that happen? Uh, Well, uh, yeah, Justin, happy bladed Thanksgiving, I guess
1: yeah, you as well sir,
0: yeah, yeah, no show last week because you know we believe in family and uh in God and country, so we decided to take the whole week off and uh and not do our hobby, so good on us
1: not do our hobby, um, I like that,
0: yeah, and you know lots of things going on um Justin's about to have ready to have a baby, so not not just not like you, you're not gonna have a baby physically at least <laughs> it will be physical but it won't be you doing any of the work
1: oh my <laughs> wife would like to think so <laughs>
0: well you can like you know you can press on the on her shin there's like a shin point you can press in there and and it's uh, supposed to help with the pain anyways So a okay. hockey show not a uh not a doula show uh we have a ton to talk about on today's show because a whole bunch of stuff just dropped. We've got Dean Evason fired by the Minnesota Wild after uh, just an atrocious stretch. They are looking worse than the Oilers almost at this point. Uh, so he's out, Bill Guerin's buddy. He, had, like, forced to fire him. And the Chicago Blackhawks have put Corey Bedard-Perry onto. to waivers to terminate his contract. Do we know why? Oh, I think I know why. Do you know Do why? Do you? Do you know why, Justin? Do you um, know what the I, latest I, rumor, conspiracy theory is that's going around right now for why Corey Perry is being ushered out the door?
1: I've heard a rumor. I've heard a rumor. I don't know if it's the same one you've heard, but I heard, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong or if it's different, but... That essentially, Corey Perry <laughs> has been sleeping with Connor Bedard's mother.
0: <laughs> uh yes, that's why I call him uh, Corey Bedard Perry,
1: or is it Corey Perry
0: Bedard? I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. Either way, it sounds like Connor can start calling him Daddy. Uh, <laughs> Daddy and, uh, Perry. Daddy Perry. I guess maybe it's more Connor Bedard Perry. You know, if he has to tack on that to his <laughs> last name, we don't know if this is real. Uh, it's it is all over the place. I I did check with one person who I know who has many ties to the game. I I asked, and they said that essentially they would not be surprised at all, and that this is not the first time something like this has happened to Corey Perry. So take that for what it is. I didn't say it, but, uh, yeah, Corey Perry is, uh, according to my my source, is that this will be the end of his career. That was his opinion. The
1: end of his career. End of his
0: career. That he's uh, basically in Anaheim. He was protected by Ryan Getzlaff, and from there, you know, he, he kind of bounces around, and the reason why he bounced around so much is because, Teams and players and management just get tired of his crap, and he kind of moves on. He's he. I, I, this is the way I pick, picture Corey Perry a, after leaving Anaheim. He's kind of been a lot like that head coach. Oh, not that Peter Peter Laviolette has done anything like this um, in in terms of being a deviant, uh, but you know, P- Peter Laviolette walks onto a team. And immediately that team, like, goes to the Stanley Cup final or something. And then a couple years later, he's done. Uh, Corey Perry, kind of the same thing. Like, he walks into a locker room. Guys like him because he's willing to go, go to the, the wall for them. And then they kind of get sick of probably the extracurricular. And then he needs to go find a new home. So, hey, maybe he'll find a new home. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully for for a few people's sake, hopefully this rumor is not true but it seems to have some legs like these things don't usually explode like this just like as a meme, you know, it's not like, Oh, Hey, this is just a funny thing. And now it's people think it's real. I, I, I could be wrong, but, um, it seems like it has some legs to it.
1: I mean, I've always said where there's smoke, there's fire. Right. But, um, gosh, you know, I, I feel bad. Um, for, for Connor Bedard, if this really is true, I mean, welcome you
0: know, to the NHL.
1: Uh, yeah, like, son. first year in the NHL, and you got to deal with this. Son, <laughs> yeah, he's
0: like, why does he keep calling me son?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, dear.
1: Oh, well, you know, it's weird though. I, I, just reading uh, about uh, Corey Perry's whole, you know, ordeal, I, for you know, I, I try not to buy into too many rumors, but when they essentially came out and said, you know, most of the time when you hear about contract terminations, right. It's, it's always quote unquote mutual. Like a guy wants to go, you know, he's not getting playing time. So he wants to go back to the KHL or some shit like that. In this case, it was just literally just for the purposes of, you know, termination of his contract and nothing about mutual. So, you know, um, and this was a pretty quick investigation too by the team for something that was you know against player conduct. So this has got to be I, some I really honestly shady be- shit
0: because his contract is so big, four million bucks. I am waiting to hear the other side. Like, is he going to fight this? Because
1: oh, oh, absolutely.
0: Okay, okay. So let's say let let's just say he did some, like he slept with someone's mom, or like you know he's doing something shady. I mean. It's, it kind of is what it is. Can you really terminate a contract? At this point, like, let's think of all the people that NHL players have probably spent the night with. I mean, it's, it's not, I don't think that I'm blowing anybody's mind here when I say that not every NHL player is a, is a good little family man. Like, I mean, Corey Perry does yeah, no a family. Yeah,
1: they're no all boys, but,
0: right? Right. They're not choir boys. They've got lots of opportunities to, uh, indulge themselves so at what point could you say hey this is detrimental to the team you know he slept with this person who knows this person like how deep down the rabbit hole are we going to be able to get and i just don't see how you can you can do this now maybe cory perry doesn't fight it but the fact that he signed what four million dollars is what his deal is right Yep. I mean I got to think that he's going to go well if I'm not going to get signed by another team I at least want my freaking money. So it'll oh. it will certainly be interesting. Um I mean
1: I I know what happened is and the reason they're probably getting away with this termination uh you know is it, it, probably what happened was he sent his You know his his son to be you know kind of bedard a dick pic of him doing his mom or something. Oh my! Got on the phone and so uh, (laughs) you know.
0: Oh my! So that would be absolutely grounds
1: for termination. But
0: absolutely, uh, I think we just uh, we just got banned on three platforms. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's I mean from a from a real life human standpoint. I mean it is funny because it's just a it's so out of left field that's why it's funny it's not funny because you know from a, a real life standpoint I get it it's sad it potentially I mean even if it's a rumor it's just hurting families and I, I understand that um, we're just having fun with it but it's just a uh, it's it's a probably sounds like maybe a culmination of a lot of things just kind of coming to fruition and uh, Corey Perry I mean actually funny enough having kind of a decent season uh, is yeah, you know, like likely looks like it is out the door, and it doesn't look like anybody's going to pick him up. I can't imagine somebody's going to go, oh yeah, we'll take that four million dollar albatross of a contract. Nope. But it doesn't mean that he won't sign somewhere, right? Like he could, he could always just go, okay, fine, my my contract's terminated, and maybe I can go get uh, one million dollars somewhere for the rest of the year. I don't know.
1: Hey, hey the Rangers could use him now that they missed out on Kane and Kako's injured. So
0: <laughs> the Rangers, yeah, I mean, hey. Say what you want about Corey Perry. If you slap him on your team, you're probably going to the Stanley Cup finals. Like, he's been in the Stanley (laughs) Cup finals a lot uh, over the last five years. So, I mean, not, uh, you know, not the worst thing. Just maybe have Patrick Maroon and Corey Perry, and you'll be, you're guaranteed to get into the finals. Uh, Okay. Well, let's, uh, we'll we'll leave that one lie. Okay. And uh, we'll, once we, maybe hear more substantial things, we'll, we'll come back to it. Uh, let's talk Minnesota Wild. Because the Minnesota Wild are, uh, I, I think, maybe even more unexpected, the fact that they're doing this poorly, uh, other than maybe the the Edmonton Oilers. like I don't think that there's a team that people saw and went, oh yeah, this team is going to not only be not a playoff team, but they're just going to be awful. And they have been awful uh what what's your take on dean evison being fired the wilds poor start of the year 20 games or 19 games in with only 14 points and a minus 20 goal differential
1: oh that's uh those are a lot of bad numbers there eh? um i mean the, the fact is you know they've lost seven in a row that that doesn't help anybody, right? But they're second worst in the league as far as goals against per game are concerned. They have the league's worst penalty kill right now at sixty six percent. And you know what? Say what you want about personnel, right? Guys can't get out there and get it done. But I, I don't know if I've ever seen a you know a power play this bad. And you know, with the talent they have up front, you have to figure you're you're not sitting you know dead last in penalty kill. You're not sitting. Uh, you know, in the bottom ten as far as far as power play is concerned, and when you look at all these numbers, right? Um, I, I, it's you know, again, it goes back to that old uh, old adage where it's it's easier to fire a coach than it is to change you know guys in the locker room, right? True, so,
0: especially uh, right now with the way the cap is in this flat cap era, last year of the flat cap era, really, it's like this is it. You can't you can't
1: move guys, right? Exactly, but um, you know, the bottom line is is they. I just look back at that Dallas game and I think that was really the tipping point where this all kind of started, right? I mean, back in, you know, mid-November when they lost eight to two to Dallas, they give up five power play goals and two pen- shorthanded goals. I'm like, bro, like I, that to me, I, I looked at that game and I'm like, this, this is the, the beginning of the end for, for Evans. I just, it, it seemed like he lost the locker room, right? They just, they need a spark. You know, you, you look at some of the, the, the players numbers on this team and, Yes, you know, you could just say that some guys are having down seasons, but overall, right? Kirill I mean,
0: Kaprizov being the first name on that list,
1: right? And and, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I've said for you know, you know, the last few years that this team really needs a true number one center. But um, that aside, they have good enough personnel to to get this done, right? They should be playing better than they are, at least They're to be tending. in contention
0: for a playoff spot. I mean, they've they've right. done a really nice job at compiling a team with basically what we're talking like they're they're working with 20% less cap available than everyone else in the league and this that is going to be the excuse I think is that like well I mean sure. they are operating like basically they could have two or three really good players if they had that cap money available definitely two uh, and they don't but that's you know, they, last year they did just fine, and they were kind of in a similar situation. So you would think that they'd be able to get it done. It just has not been happening, and yeah, I guess it. Their only choice really was to say, "Let's try to find a new voice."
1: Yeah, and you know, is John Hine the right voice? I don't know. Um, but know, well, you know,
0: he always has gotten teams off to hot starts, though.
1: Absolutely true. Yeah,
0: did it in New Jersey. True. Did it in Nashville
1: yeah the one thing I will say though is I don't see him as a long-term solution for this team however I, I agree with you I think he's he's a good short-term solution for this team always gets guys off to a good start um, and the nice thing is too i I know they've been playing pretty poor but you really look at the standings and um, you know the way the the central division is they could potentially you know I mean it's pretty easy right now you look at st Louis right they've got the top wild card spot in calgary somehow has managed to crawl the way back into a wild card position but they're really only, you know, gosh, what's the math here, nine points out from St. Louis and, you know, over the course of three-quarters of a season still left. That That's a number easy to make up at this point, I think. Ooh, um, and for easy. a team that where we hit, well, I mean, you know, as poorly as everybody else is kind of playing, I mean, no one from that central really wants to take the ball and run with it, in my opinion, between yeah. St. Louis, Nashville, and, and Arizona. So, you know, there, there's potential to make up some ground there pretty easily. Um, you know, again they just they get guys playing just a smidge better and get a little bit better defense out of this team. I think you could you could easily turn this around and and contend for a wild card spot.
0: Here's what worries me. Uh yes, they have fourteen points. Four of those points have come because of overtime losses. I mean, you're looking at a team that is five and fourteen. I whereas Nashville's ten and ten. Like Sure. Nashville is a, has been a much better team than Minnesota. I mean, it's a six point difference. That's, that's pretty significant when you draw that out over another, you know, you multiply all these numbers by four. That's like a 24 point difference between these teams. Uh, but yes, they could get back into it. We'll see what John Hines uh, can, can do. What you know, like based on his time in New Jersey, his time in Nashville, is that the four check is going to be on in Minnesota. I, John Hines is known for implementing a pretty aggressive four check and I, I think based on—I mean, I'm sure that Bill Guerin's going. All right, we've got a, we've got some speed, but we've got guys that are really heavy. And yes. if we can get in on that four check and we can punish teams maybe a little more than we have been, uh, I and I, I think speeding the game up a little bit for Minnesota. Now m- they may not have the the right players to do that, uh, but. Bringing in a John Hines, you are certainly going, we are going to get faster because his style of play uh, has always been to push guys to forecheck. And that will be – it will be interesting to see how that changes for Minnesota. Oh, well, um, I think there's a few uh, – do you have anything else left about Minnesota? Do you want to throw? No,
1: I, you know what? I I'm interested to see where this goes. And, you know, unfortunately, like you talked about, they don't have money to spend. So, um, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if we, we see some call-ups or some personnel shuffling here as far as players are concerned, because, um, yeah, I wouldn't mind. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing some, some younger guys get the call, call up and maybe trying to shake things up that way.
0: By the way, John Hines was with the New Jersey Devils for four and a half seasons, And he was with the Nashville Predators for, uh, three, three seasons. Plus he got actually, he got fired right around this time in 2019, uh, when he was the coach of the Nashville Predators or sorry, when he was fired by, uh, by New Jersey, it was December 3rd. So it was three and a half is, is maybe pushing it a little bit, uh, with the Nashville predators, he didn't get fired until after the season was over. So he lasted the, the full four years there in Nashville. Uh, so basically for four years for both teams, um, when you say, I know you mentioned you don't think this is the long-term solution. Uh, as that sound about right, like a three to four year time frame with him, or do you think even less?
1: I, I honestly, I think even less, I, it wouldn't surprise me if, um, you know, next year when we start seeing the cap go up quite a bit, um, you know, next season they've got $10 million of projected cap space. They've got a couple roster spots on that back end open, and they could use, like I said, a number one center. Maybe, you know, depending on, you know, what kind of players Bill Garen wants to target, he might say, you know what, this is a perfect excuse for me to bring in the guy that I really want and, you know, see if we can't make it work. You know, because, Well, I feel like um, the
0: guy he really wanted was Dean Evison. That was his guy. Like he brought him in. You might
1: be onto that. And
0: and that was his guy. I think that that's why he lasted so longer. That as as long as he did, uh, because he was his guy. And so I, I wonder. You know, hey John Hines, he's he's in that nice position where he's he's been a coach for two different teams. He's had some success. Uh, Neither one of those teams was like you think about Nashville at the end of his tenure, you know, fired at the end of last year, you think about that team and you go, I mean, how much of it was it was his fault that they didn't win. I mean, he did a pretty darn good job keeping that team competitive for the amount of time that he did. And I wonder if Bill Guerin's looking at that going, he took a New Jersey team that was bad. He took them to the playoffs his first year. That was the year that Taylor Hall won his, uh, yep. his, the heart trophy. And, He's still like yeah the Devils were not very good but that wasn't his fault they just didn't have anybody um and you could you could say hey because of his coaching they got Jack Hughes <laughs> uh but then in Nashville you know they they were kind of they're at the end of their cycle and that's not his fault that you know a lot of those players were just kind of having down years and they were at the end of their cycle and they, they weren't going to win. They were thinking about rebuilding. It was always this, like, should we rebuild? Oh, maybe not. Maybe we should keep on going. Oh, no, maybe we should because, you know, I wonder – was that John Hines? Did John Hines just squeeze everything that you could get out of the Nashville Predators like a really old tube of toothpaste? I I I think that he's probably in a really great position here because he's going to be starting out with low expectations – and those expectations will rise as he goes. And uh, if he can keep squeezing out as much as he has other places, I think he'll do really well in Minnesota.
1: Well, I will say, I think he's, he's going to have a pretty short leash here. Um, <clears throat> I think, you know, obviously there's this year, but he'll probably get all of next year. Um, to do something. And then if, you know, yep. really, if they're not competitive, he's, he's going to be gone because mm-hmm. you're going to get both of Parisi and Suter's money off the books. You're going to be in the final year, Capri deal, So I think it's going to be one last swing for the fence. It's kind of move to make them, you know, a, a playoff Stanley cup contender. And, uh, you know, you might lose Kaprizov if they're not. And then of course, then it's just at that sure. point, you're just rebuilding.
0: Yep. Very true. And, uh, and you can decide whether he's sticking around for a rebuild or not. And, uh, and and also, it does give you that option of well, if a coach becomes available and he wants to coach there, well, then you could fire him if, if you don't have an op a better option. Then you just stick with him. He's a good right. coach. He's a good coach. He's proven that yeah. he's he's a good coach. And. With this being his third team, a lot of times, you know, this is what it takes. It takes these guys. They they bounce around a couple times, and then they they kind of find their groove. And, you know, maybe in two or three years, Minnesota's able to kind of bolster the rest of this roster, and suddenly they're in contention, and he's in a really good place.
1: Yeah, um, and I'll so tell you like what most- to add to that, too. Uh, when Bill Guerin was the assistant GM of the Penguins, The AHL coach there in Wilkes-Barre-Scranton was John Hines.
0: All right, there it is. There's the connection. So he's another one of his guys, is what you're saying. (laughs) Could be. Um, Okay, let's move on to the Detroit Red Wings, who have officially signed Patty Kane to just Mm. over $2 million on the AAV. Uh, The floor is yours, my friend, as the resident Detroit Red Wings fan. uh, Signing the enemy, bringing him into your house, and uh, here you go. If, If you had told the Justin... Ten years ago. No, we'll go fifteen years ago, like two thousand eight, that hey, someday Patrick Kane is gonna don a Red Wing sweater. What would you have said?
1: Oh boy. I said I would have loved to have seen the you go Red Wings sweater. Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I always loved I always loved Patty Kane and, and Jonathan Tays when they were the Blackhawks. I hated the Hawks because, you know, when the wings were in the West, they always yeah. seemed to, you know, meet each other in the first or second round. Yeah. But I
0: wonder um, if the Hawks hadn't won in two thousand nine. I think the wings would have won the cup.
1: That, I mean that very well. Yeah, I think that would have been the a cup. real possibility for sure. Yeah, um, that oh nine ten team was just yep. it was ridiculous. But
0: um, well, that 9 oh, was oh nine oh nine ten oh nine 09's Pittsburgh. Yeah, 0-9-10 yes. That's
1: right. Yeah. yeah, We don't want to talk about that. That back to back Pittsburgh. Yeah. Is that, that the one where there, was but,
0: was Chicago up? Uh, Detroit was up three one in the series, and Chicago came back. Was that that year? Twenty ten.
1: Um, I don't know. I have to look that up.
0: I'll look it up. You tell us
1: what you yeah, think yeah. about
0: Patrick Kane coming to the Detroit Red Wings.
1: <laughs> I mean, look, this is this is a low risk move for the Red Wings. Um, they get a guy who obviously the right. The big concern is what kind of player are you getting? Right, this hip resurfacing surgery is. I mean, it, it's pretty much ended careers. Right, you you see what's going on with Nicholas Backstrom. Um, you know, obviously, I think they they both kind of had different types of surgeries. I'm not a medical expert, but. Um, Look, I've watched the training videos of Patty Kane. He looks like he's in good shape right now. It doesn't look like he's having any mobility issues, but he's still 35 years old, right? Um, So obviously the wings are going to do their best to ease him into it. Um, Apparently, you know, he, uh, the difference was he, he likes Derek Lalonde. He's an X and O's kind of guy that Patty Kane really likes. Apparently Steve Eisman was the only general manager outside of Toronto because he was training there uh, to actually fly out and meet with him. So those were two big, you know, big pluses for Detroit. And then, of course, you know, getting to play with Alex Brinkett, um, you know, I think that kind of sealed Detroit's fate a little bit, that they were going to get to sign this guy. So, you know, again, I I think this is a very low-risk move for Detroit. The the great thing is is they get a guy who, you know, if he comes back and he's even like 75% of what he was last year or the year before, you're still getting, you know, a 50-, 60-point guy. And that, to me, is so valuable, especially with his veteran Stanley Cup experience. You're trying to get a Red Wing team over the hump into the playoffs. And this very well, even if he's limited to 12 or 13 minutes a night, this is a guy who can do that for you, right? You you play him on special teams. You get him out there on the second line with, you know, Alex Debrinkit. Um, This could really pay off for you very, very well. And the nice thing is, is because his contract is only for 2.75, that still leaves the Detroit Red Wings with, gosh, what is it, roughly $19 million in deadline cap space, right? Um and, and I say that right now, but that's where they at right now, so um, that number shrinks a little bit. But still, they're going to have plenty of money at the deadline sure. to make another big move if they're in you know, a playoff spot right now. So you've given Detroit a lot of options. Um, you've given them a quality guy who's going to be there for the course of the year. Now I know Patty Kane wanted a multi-year deal, obviously didn't get it. Um, he was looking at Florida and Detroit basically at the end, and I know – New York was in that mix too, but they just, you know, couldn't afford to sign him. So, um, you know, obviously things have kind of changed today with Capo Caco going on LTIR and and Filipino as well. So, um, but yeah, I, I, again, I kind of go back just to his, his veteran leadership, his knowledge and his basically his hockey IQ is going to be so valuable for a younger Detroit team that has a four group that is fourth best in the league at scoring goals right now. Um, so the, I mean, this is just going to be just another bonus for this Ford group up front to add, you know, to their top six.
0: Yeah, I think, honestly, this is this is what I think happened. Patrick Kane, Iserman, they're talking, and and Patty Kane is saying, or his representatives are saying, he, he wants a multi year deal, and Iserman's going, D- we will re sign him happily, if all like, if he's decent enough, we'll just re sign, like we're not gonna we're not gonna not bring him back if he wants to be here we want him here he just has to prove that he can go out and that he's healthy and we can't risk that he's not healthy for next year because next year if this is how competitive we are this year without Patrick Kane and we still have a bunch of young guys that are you know that we're trying to bring up onto the the lineup or and and bring along like there's more coming here for the Red Wings we don't want to Give up any of that leverage and waste salary space. So I think that's where you you know you find yourself going. We'll give you another deal if just just prove you're not hurt.
1: Yep, absolutely. And not only that, but you know it gives them flexibility in their top six now. So now they can you know keep Larkin together with with Raymond and move you know uh, Alex to bring it down to the second line with you know Patty Kane on his other wing, so that that way you have two very formidable you know lines up there at your top six which is ideally what you know most stanley cup teams really need right you're i mean if you're relying on one line it's it's just not really going to play out very well unless you're the boston bruins but um, so yeah i mean for me again too that you know you kind of go back to a lot of those younger guys right we're still you know michael rasmussen we're still waiting on him to really just explode he's just not there yet uh joe valeno he's been he's looked pretty good but he's not a top six guy yet he's just not there um, and then if, you know, for any reason, Lucas Raymond just, you know, bottoms out or just doesn't, you know, just doesn't keep his progression going. There's no pressure on him to to be a top six guy if you bring in a guy like Patty Kane, because you can move him up and down. Right. You could say, OK, cool. Well, we're just going to stack the top line with the Brinkett Larkin and Patty Kane and then let, you know, Raymond go in there and, you know, play 14, 15 minutes on that second, third line and just you know kind of find his game again right there's no pressure on him yeah, um, yeah. well to, and that and that succeed. goes
0: that goes both ways right like yep i think lucas raymond is is a really important piece for patrick kane coming in because lucas raymond can play in the top 6 he's i know he's things things have kind of uh pulled back for him like it doesn't look as shiny as it once did in his rookie season, but uh, oh,
1: I still think he's a 60, I, 70 point guy. For I, sure,
0: I still think that he has lots of potential. Uh, you know, sixteen points through twenty games—it's not as if he's off to a terrible start. He, I mean, he's he's on pace for about sixty points. Uh, but you can shift him if you need to, to to give Patrick Kane those easy minutes. Like I think right now, you want to give Kane all the easy minutes that you can, five on five. Yep. All the easy men. Mit- like you're going to see his his offensive zone face off percentage is likely going to be 65 percent or higher. Uh, oh yeah, here in the first like 80 percent. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, I think that when when it comes to Lucas Raymond, I mean he's going to protect Patrick Kane. Uh, you certainly could use him the other way once Kane gets back, but it's going to be it's going to be a There needs to be a lot of patience because I don't see Patrick Kane coming back and lighting the world on fire. Like, yes, he's been training. Yes, he says he's ready. He didn't do training camp. He's coming off this crazy surgery. He's more or less, we'll say, he's been sitting around. And it's going to take him some time. I think your hope is that by March that he's feeling it. And, and if I'm a Wings fan, I'm happy to let the the best player who's been willing to sign in Detroit in 10 years take all the time that he needs to find himself. Because if it means come playoff time, well, if it means the Wings are in the playoffs, I think every Wings fan is happy. Uh, I think the league is happy if Detroit's back in the playoffs because it's uh, always better when the Red Wings are in the playoffs. And if Patrick Kane can be at least a, a shade of himself, then i i think you'll be more than happy waiting a few months for that to come to fruition if you know if he if he can only play 12 13 minutes a game for a little while and he's still finding his legs and he doesn't have a ton of points you know you're looking at a kane with like 15 points in in 40 games I, honestly i think that that's fine other than maybe the power play like he might he'll pick up points on the power play but i'm just talking 5 on 5 if he only has 10 15 points 5 on 5 I don't think that it's anything to worry about because this, if you're going to jump in to a player with this hip, having this hip surgery, you have to know they are just not going to be good at first. Right. Now, he is Patrick Kane. (laughs) Like, yes, Tyler Sagan's an excellent player. Yes, Jamie Benn was an excellent player and they both had similar surgeries. But this is Patrick Kane. Like, sorry, Sagan, but you are, you don't get to be on the same boat as Patrick Kane. You're in the dinghy, and Patrick Kane is on the yacht. Like, that is how much – Patrick Kane was, at one point, top three player in the league, probably one of the most underrated, underappreciated players in the league because he was kind of a douchebag and people just kind of – they didn't like him. Remember after all that, like, that taxi Taxi cab beat the (laughs) living hell out of that guy? And, like, he was just kind of this, like, punk that nobody liked. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I took a little while – you know, once he put on the uh, America Superman – Uh, deal in the all-star game. I think people started to warm up to him, but uh, I think he's kind of been underrated. Like has anybody really talked about him? Like, Hey, he was, you know, maybe best three players in the world at one point, you know, it was like Sidney Crosby and Malkin and maybe Patrick Kane to be in that conversation for those like early 2010s. I mean, Patrick Kane was the guy. Um one of the few wingers to ever be able to drive a line as well uh so what give me give me your prediction where this is going with kane like let's start goals uh and and by goals, I mean the amount of times that he scores not, <laughs> not like what are your life goals are patrick uh, there are sixty two games left in the season i don't know i don't know what game. Have they said anything about hey Patrick's going to come and play in this game?
1: No, I haven't heard anything, and it's funny though because the next two games for the Wings are against the Rangers and the Blackhawks. Uh, <laughs> so a little poetic. <laughs> they came out now.
0: I wonder <laughs> if they <laughs> just let him avoid that game against the Blackhawks. Right. Like, let's well, I don't, not... pr- I don't think he's
1: going to. I don't think he's going to play for at least another four or five games.
0: Okay. Um, okay. So a I week, think, yeah. a week to two weeks, one to two weeks. Yeah, at at least.
1: I I think anyways, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, I could be wrong. He could be pretty damn – I mean, he could come into practice and be ready in game shape and almost ready to go, but I doubt that. Um, So, yeah, I think they're going to ease him into this, right? It'll take a few games at least. So let's just say, you know, safely let's call it 60 games, right? So he misses, you know, two or three games in there, right? Um, Best case scenario. Um, To me, with 60, I wouldn't be surprised – if we see maybe 15 goals um, and maybe 20 assists. So if, if I saw 35 to 40 points out of him in these last 60 games, I would be more than thrilled with yeah. his production. Yeah. I think um,
0: like a now, point every other game kind of vibe.
1: Yes. And I, I think where he'll, he'll really kick it up a notch is if the wings make the playoffs, they're in there. I think then we could pretty much see like a, um, you know, a 0.75 kind of point per game player right now okay. for Patty okay. game.
0: Yeah. I'm, I just hope that we see a Patrick Kane who looks like Patrick Kane. That's what I'm I, – I I know he's made all the videos and it's gone around and he's back to normal and he's better than he was, which, hey, he's been playing on this bad hip for, I don't, I don't know, a couple years now. Mm-hmm. And, and he still was pretty darn good on the bad hip. Like, I'm just wondering, if you have this surgery, theoretically – you, you shouldn't have a surgery that makes you worse than when you weren't having the surgery, right? Like that's <laughs> it seems like you have the surgery and then you should at least not be in pain and maybe, you know, the same as you were before, but just not in pain. So therefore, you're a little better. Um, that to me is like worst case scenario. You'd think if you're going to have a surgery and a doctor said, well, we don't really know if this is going to make it better. Well, why the frick would you have the surgery? So I I think that there's – you have to assume that he's going to be a little bit better uh, in terms of the skating, and that maybe is the issue. Like, for Sagan, the issue was he used so much speed, and then he slowed way down, and his game wasn't meant for it. Jamie Ben was already slow, and he slowed down, and he just couldn't keep up. And, and he's since – I would say that he's since kind of like – fully recovered from this surgery. It just
1: took it took what three years? For Ben to not be garbage again? Yeah, I also think Ben kinda had to adjust his game a little bit too, right? He couldn't be yeah, couldn't be the same guy. So maybe Patrick
0: Kane doesn't totally work from a like he was fast, but he he has so many other tools. He's again, that's yeah. I mean that's why he's a Hall of Fame player. He's he's such a rarity where he has the shot, he has the playmaking ability, he had the skating and even if the skating drops off a little bit, he still has all these other tools which hey, at least is going to give you something on the power play.
1: Yep, absolutely. I I think his hockey IQ is just so so off the charts and he can still I mean regardless if, you know, you don't have that speed there anymore, right? He can still pass it just as good as anybody yeah. else, yeah. and so um, you know, again, whether or not he ends up with Debrinkit or with somebody else, the Wings have enough fast guys on their team where I think they can still find a way to make him fit in there.
0: Yep, I am because Debrinkit and Larkin have gelled so well together. I am curious, you know. Of course, there's the Kane debrinkit thing. They, you know, Kane kind of, kind of was the, the the spark that really drove Alex to it to such a good rookie season, sophomore season. I, I wonder if they bring, try and pair them back together, but I don't know if Kane can play on that top line. So it might be something where, you know, every, when the game gets in a weird spot and you need a goal, maybe you put Kane out there with those two. Uh, but I don't know that you can play him enough minutes to play them together all the time.
1: Well, I honestly think that Detroit saw this signing coming because the last couple games, Detroit moved to Brinkett off that line with Larkin and bumped him down on the second line with, with Andrew Kopp there or with uh, J.T. Comfort. So you've already kind of seen okay. him, you know, to Brinkett. I mean, he's he scored a couple goals. He's kind of got a little bit of his mojo from the beginning of the season back. So you can, you can see that he's, he's kind of, you know, Doing well without Larkin per se, right? So, um, and Larkin and, and Raymond still have their chemistry, and they're still playing very, very well. So, I think what you, you wanted to see that out of the wings, so they could potentially split up, you know, and put DeBrinket and Kane on another line, and then Larkin and Raymond on the, another line, and then of course, if if you need to, you can do like you know McDavid and Drysset put them on the same line where you can move DeBrinket and right, um, right. You, you
0: can know. go super super line when you need it. Right. and and the rest of the time you can kind of spread out the love a little bit. I mean, I think in an ideal world, shoot, if Kane can come back and he really is the Patrick Kane we remember, uh who could maybe drive a line then then you give him his own line and you suddenly you've got three good lines. Uh this has the it's like an exciting, you know, you don't want to get ahead of yourself because you assume that he's just not going to be the Patrick Kane we remember. Like he's still going to be good. But we can't assume that he's going to be hundred point Patrick Kane. And right. but you almost want to. You're like, I mean, but what if? Could you imagine if Patrick Kane <laughs> was truly a point per game player? Could drive his own line? All of a sudden, Detroit is like there. They might not be a Stanley Cup contender, but and they're, they they all of a sudden you're like you're worried if you have to play them in the first round. Because maybe right. they Not could squeeze something out, out, right? And if they're coming in going, I mean, it doesn't really matter if we win this. Like, there's no pressure on this. That can be a dangerous thing as well. Uh, and and there are enough veterans on this team who know how to win. So uh, this this Patrick Kane signing has the potential to make the Red Wings maybe one of the more interesting teams in the Eastern Conference because they're they're really coming out of nowhere. Uh, and I know we all expected them to get better. We just expected them to maybe be on a different trajectory. And they have, uh, essentially taken the, that like Toronto Maple Leafs trajectory of like, Hey, we're, we're bad. We're bad. And Oh, wow. We made the playoffs really quickly as opposed to, you know, these Ottawa ones where you're like, wow, you've been bad for 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Buffalo, (laughs) you've been bad for 10 years. And I know the the Wings rebuild has been kind of going on for a little bit, but, uh, they've always had some, some decent players. Um, okay. Patrick Kane signs with the Wings. We'll see how how that goes, and uh, once we get word of when his first official game will be, you know, we'll talk through how it, that game went. Uh, I know we were going to talk. We're we're about forty minutes in, so we'll uh, we'll end the show on this little segment where we we wanted to talk through current teams that are in the playoffs that missed the playoffs last year. Uh, maybe we'll just hit a couple of them. We can we can hit the. Eastern Conference teams uh, where that is the case although that is really two teams because we already talked about the Detroit Red Wings so we can just kind of if you have any more to add about the Wings in the playoffs that's that's totally fine Uh, but then that's also the Philadelphia Flyers are the one other team that are in the in the playoff picture that missed the playoffs last year Um, in the Western Conference you're looking at the Vancouver Canucks the St. Louis Blues and uh, Calgary made the playoffs last year yeah no did they no, no. They missed the playoffs. Okay, they so we missed. got three teams in the in the Western Conference who are uh weren't in the playoffs last year that are this year. So that's five teams total. That's you know, that's a pretty solid number of teams if that were to hold true. Uh which team you want to talk about here that's that's in the playoffs right now?
1: Ooh, I get to pick. Okay. Um uh, I mean I, I could easily pick Vancouver. I think that's an easy one, but um you know instead I, but can, I actually, won't I wonder, <laughs> but I won't. Um, I would rather talk about the Philadelphia Flyers right okay. now.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, I agree. That's definitely the one where if you said, "Hey, St. Louis is going to make a run at the playoffs this year," I think you'd be like, "Okay, I can see it." You know, Calgary, okay, I can see it. Uh, even Vancouver, okay, I can see it. Like they they could be a bubble team, although they've been better than a bubble team. But Philadelphia, no, I don't even think Daniel uh, Daniel Briere saw his team. <laughs> making the playoffs this year. I don't know if Tortorella saw his team making the playoffs this year, but here they are sitting in uh, third place in the Metro, 11-9 and 1. I'm I'm not sure this lasts, but right now they are in the playoff picture.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of have to agree with you. I'm not sure it lasts either, but... Um, but you know, hey, a plus-six
0: inter- goal differential, too. That is good for second in the Metropolitan Division.
1: Yeah, I will say the nice thing is, is they're getting... They're getting good goaltending, right? From not only um, you know Carter Hart, but they're also getting it from you know Samuel Urson. Um, You know when he's been called upon every three or four games, he steps up and and has looked pretty good. And I, I know that because I I often pick him up in fantasy uh, on the odd night that he's playing because I do have yeah. Carter Hart. You just <laughs> drop
0: fantasy. you drop a uh, you have your one one rotating guy in fantasy that you can just drop and uh-huh. pick up. At a, yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you know they're they're getting contributions from guys. Uh, up and down the lineup, right? I think that's that's the difference we're seeing this year versus last year's Philadelphia Flyer team, right? Like, we know Owen Tippett was – we were probably going to get relatively same production, but we've got Sean Couturier back. So you've got your legit number one center, a guy who can play just – he's a poor man's, you know, Patrice Bergeron in my opinion. So um, he does everything so well on both sides of the puck, and I think he's, you know, doing a great job of contributing, um, you know, both offensively and defensively. But then you're getting other guys on this team, like, for example – you know you're getting, um, you know uh, Bobby Brink, you know chipping in. You're getting um, Joel Farabee who, who's contributing. You're getting all these guys just, um, you know, giving you what you need from a depth perspective that typically you weren't getting the last couple years in Philadelphia. And and not only that, but I, I think you know when they when they were making moves and shipping out guys like Kevin Hayes, for example. Right. It was kind of like, oh, we're we're gonna go through this rebuild really quick. But but John Torrell has come out and been playing about it and like, listen, I'm not here to coach a rebuild, so fuck you, you know, uh, Marty <laughs> right. Buron. I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna freaking you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna coach or Danny Breer, I'm gonna coach my way into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, why'd well, you have I to think- bring Martin Buran into this? What is he <laughs> Yeah, <doing>? I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> 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 but you know, again, you're getting that depth scoring, which I think is so important, and not only that, but you're getting it from defenders as well right I mean they brought in Sean Walker who I think is doing a great job uh you know leading that back end along with um you know some other guys back there like like Nick Sealer, who's been a pleasant surprise and uh you know they're just playing so well analytically but also you know just I mean it, it was very unexpected right I, I think this uh, you know on paper when I looked at this Philadelphia Flyers team I just look at it and say okay cool this is a team that I can easily pencil in at the bottom of this division yes um but uh, man nobody in nobody in the metro has said you know what I, besides the rangers no one else has come out and said you know what uh we want this 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 is going to be our division yeah. so yeah. i mean uh, Phil- yeah cuz philadelphia
0: philadelphia is i mean washington has three games in hand on them and they're one point back you you, you have to assume washington's getting at least two points out of those so that's going to that's going to bump uh some teams down here but you know the and the Islanders are kind of in the same place. They've got a game in hand. Uh, Pittsburgh has a game in hand, but they're three points back. Everything's really tight. So I don't I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Philadelphia makes the playoffs. I don't even think it's a foregone conclusion that Philadelphia doesn't still end up near the bottom of this division. But they are having a heck of a good start. New Jersey looks terrible, and suddenly the fire Lindy. Uh, chance need to start again in New Jersey, I think, because that. Well, I'm, be giving, what... I'm
1: giving Jersey a pass because they had Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer out for quite a while there. Yeah. Um, so anytime you lose your number one and number two for, sure. Sure. for so long, so but you know, again, uh, again, at New Jersey over the next you know five ten games, if they don't pick it up, man, they're going to dig themselves quite a big hole where they just it, it'll be too hard to to come back from.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, hey, they win their next two games, they're tied with Philadelphia. So it's not as if they're they're way out of it, uh, and and you're right. They have had some injuries, but I mean they're also only a point ahead of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oop, I know they played four more games, but still, still, <laughs> close, still, you're barely ahead of Columbus. Come on, uh, but yeah, three and seven in their last ten. They did win their last game, but uh, yeah, New Jersey has not looked very good. Uh, but yes, Philadelphia. I think I mean huge surprise but also is it is it a huge surprise that a John Tortorella team is is playing above their weight that they're punching above right. their weight right now like and you know something that didn't really get talked about um, talked a lot about in the offseason was Sean Couture here like hey is he coming back I, we did mention it and I think it was like well I'm not sure nobody was sure if he was coming back and then all of a sudden it was oh he's coming back he's and he's saying he's healthy and you're like yeah I don't know if I believe that and Hey, now, now he's centering a pretty darn good line with Konechny and Forster. And I, I think that that has given new life to the Flyers. I mean, they have severely missed their number one center last year and really the last two years. And I, I mean, how often have we seen it? You know, you, you get a number one center and what it does to your organization is tremendous. And it, it allows other guys to play in the right roles and I think we're seeing it and Hey John Tortorella, if if the Philadelphia Flyers make the playoffs this year, and he doesn't win Coach of the Year, then I just give up. Like somebody <laughs> somebody different needs to vote on those that that award because he hands down he should you know if they make the playoffs he he wins that thing.
1: Yeah, I'm giving that one to Todd McQuillan right now, but still I agree with you. If if the Flyers get in, you you got to give it to Torts Based upon what he's got on that roster right now. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yep, for sure. All right. Well, that is our show. We'll uh, we'll hit more non more playoff teams uh, on our next show. But we'll uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep on on riding through what uh, has been a pretty crazy regular season so far. Uh, several coaching firings and we'll you know check back in with the Oilers. We just couldn't talk about them this time because I feel like we've been talking about them every single week. Uh, so we need to take a little breather from, uh, you know, Western Canada. But we'll we'll be back. Don't worry. And uh, yeah, enjoy the enjoy the games, Justin. I you know next time we talk, you you may be a father.
1: <laughs> I think that's most likely.
0: Right, right. We're getting close. We're getting close. So uh, have fun with that, <laughs> and to our listeners, thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. We will talk to you guys soon.